This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any, and neither can your spouse or partner. Well, longtime listeners may remember, I kind of hope they don't because the episode is terrible. (laughs) Longtime listeners may remember that back in 2011, Uh episode number 32 of this show was called Spouseless Eating. Yes. (laughs) And it was about what we eat when our spouses aren't around. So that was episode number 32. Today is episode number 410. Yes. And and we are revisiting Spouseless Eating because... Hey, I'm getting a new spouse. Yes, and every time a host of the show gets a new spouse, we have to record a new version of this episode. It's the law. I think it's part of our is it bylaws? It's part of our by our corporate bylaws <laughs> that we that we adopted at the at the annual meeting of the shareholders. Yeah. Was that the one we did in Oklahoma City last I, yeah, year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so this is spouseless eating too. Gosh, Matthew, do you think there'll be a spouseless eating three? And which one of us is going to be getting a new spouse? Oh, that's that a episode. good question. So is it more eight years to sort is it, it out. more likely to be you because you change out spouses more often historically, <laughs> or is it more likely to be me because like my marriage has been going for like twenty four years? God, Matthew, I gotta say, I mean, I always <laughs> this, is, this is depressing I, rather than funny, isn't I it? I always try to wish you know well for my friend, wish good upon my friends, wish. You wish good. I wish good (laughs) upon my friends. But you know what, Matthew? I don't really want to get another spouse again. I know. So I'm going to make you do it this time. Okay. Who do you think think I should marry? Oh, can you get back to me on that? Okay. Okay. Maybe we can revisit it at the end of the episode. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so let's let's go down memory lane back to spouseless eating one. Uh, What were our memories of that episode? Okay. So both of us re-listened to that episode, which again, we do not recommend that you do. So, is it? Are we just talking about memories of that episode? Yeah. Well, okay. my impression of that episode was we both sounded really calm. We sounded like we had been like we were nervous about doing the episode and yeah. were prescribed a mild sedative. Exactly. I, my voice sounded so light. Yeah. And careful. Like there was something about it where I sounded so well. It was before uh, we got hired to be co- to be uh, to be our morning morning radio drive time DJs. <laughs> like we did. Uh, 
Yeah, with with like terrible nicknames. Yeah. And like uh, just like keeping you awake during the morning commute with offensive jokes. Speaking of which, we did um, we did have a funny line in that episode. We did that. I remembered. I didn't. I didn't know we did funny lines back then. So the line was: we somehow we were talking about pizza bagels, right? And I said the phrase "hot ooze" coming through the bagel hole. Yes, and you also used the term bagelature. I did. Yes. Oh, I don't remember that part. I I think I was, I think I was, as I heard this yesterday, as I was re-listening, maybe I was furiously taking notes of the hot ooze coming through the bagel hole, and yes. I missed the bagelature. Well, it was all it was all great. That's the that's the six seconds of that episode you should listen to. So, what what did we learn about ourselves and our and our spouseless eating habits back then? Like, I know I know I ate Stouffer's French bread pizzas and yeah. I think that you're so. If anything, well, hold on. I want to talk. Pockets. I want to talk about this a little later in the show okay. when we talk about spouseless eating today and how it's maybe changed since then. Right. Okay. Um, or do you want to do that or how, now? Like, like how spouseless eating has changed like over the centuries? Over the centuries. So people used to eat mutton stew. It was mostly, it was during the mostly mutton era. <laughs> was that the, um, was that the Middle Ages? Yeah. The, the, the Middle Ages uh, is synonymous with um, the mutton, mutton er- mostly mutton. The mostly mutton era. Mo- mostly mutton Middle Ages. The- <laughs> Um, but but they spiced it up with, with like cloves with, with cloves and cinnamon and like like just by the cup. Okay, it was great. It was great. Now, uh, what do you think people ate when they were eating alone in the Middle Ages? Um, porridge, mush. Yeah. What I mean, what sure, bread? I think we probably have some food historians. Oh, I know we do. Like who listen uh, to the show, listener Ken Albala. I wish we had. Oh, hi, Ken Albala. I've, yeah. s- I've seen your name recently on Instagram. We appreciate your support. I feel like this is something we should have asked some of our more well-educated listeners. Well, but we did ask our listeners something that they know a lot about, which is what they eat when their own spouse isn't around. Great. Let's hear about okay, it. Okay, so I put the question out on Facebook to our listeners: What do you eat when your spouse or partner isn't around? This was this was not meant to make single people feel left out, and and indeed, many single people weighed in oh, to good. say, like, I'm I'm spouseless 100 percent of the time, and here's what I like to eat, yeah. which is great. Yeah, I'll just I'll just read off some of them. I, I wrote down a bunch. Um, people people responded, I would say, in droves, throngs. I think that, so I love that people responded in droves to this because I think that there's something about uh, eating by yourself that, I don't know, at least for for some people, it feels like just hashtag self-care. Right, absolutely. So I think that people feel really strongly about it, and I love that. Are we going to answer the the age old question on this show? <laughs> Spouseless eating is it cheating? <laughs> well, uh, maybe. Okay. Um, wait, but hold on. We should also. I I want to remind the listeners that back when we did this episode the first time in 2011, L- Lori pointed out that it, it seemed like what what it meant was that like like you were going to get rid of your spouse. Oh, right, like. <laughs> Because I put it on the calendar, like, you know, as as the name of the episode we were taping, you know, like like April 13th, spouseless eating. It seems like that that was like the start of a new era. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And okay. yet your marriage still goes on. Yeah. Here's here's the kind of uh, fun, crazy thing we get up to as a couple. Last night we went to a, went for a walk through the park and had a long discussion about what's the difference between bumbling and fumbling. Are you serious? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. This is the most you guys thing. Uh-huh. I, wait, it was hold so on. interesting. Hold on. You Okay. Let me just, I need to get a picture of this. Okay. So you went for a walk through the park, just the two of you. Just the two of what us. What did you do with Iris? I left them home. Okay. Okay. Just, uh, wow. What Iris is, is like 16 years old. I know, but what is that like to have a kid you can just leave home? Oh, it's great. Wow. Okay. So, so I can look forward with my, with my spouse to a future of walking through the park, talking about the difference between certain words. Mm-hmm. God, yeah. That's like great. that's, that's if you make it for the long haul. What else have you guys walked through the park talking about? I mean, we talk a lot about urbanism and urban design. God, that's a I big, that's a big topic. I don't know, like, like really, like exciting, like sexy stuff, like that. Yeah. Do you do you talk about? Um, we both work in tech support, so we talk about like you know uh, what what was like an interesting trouble ticket we had today at work. Do you ever do you ever lay down a blanket under a tree <laughs> and lie on the blanket and make out? Uh, not recently. Not recently. We, I mean, what we, about we, in the summer? Yeah, yeah, sure. Let's say that that that's like a summer project. <laughs> Um, we, we always, we always, uh, we talk about ducks because we always see like, what's the latest with the ducks in the pond right now? The, the duckling pond, count. Yeah. How, right how's now the latest no, batch doing? Oh, the, the pond is now full of like 87 adult ducks and they're disgusting. Yeah. Um, okay. But still interesting. There's so much poop. The other day we went by the pond and there was a great blue heron, like a bedraggled looking great blue heron standing in this tiny Hold pond. Hold on. I think what you mean by bedraggled, it, I think what you're saying is that it had its breeding plumage. Is that what it was? Yes. Oh. When you see a great blue heron that looks like it is wearing like a, a mantle of feathers that I are think like that these might have been long it. and sort of very dramatic feathers from I mean, its it like looked sort like of chest. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, it looked it God, looked like it had usually... lost a fight. Oh, well, maybe that was not a breeding great blue okay. heron. Let, let's see which of our birding like, listeners want to weigh season, in about this. Like, I, I try and put on my best feathers, well, plumage. Well, you know, Matthew, maybe you're just not, uh, you know, maybe the great blue heron is not trying to breed with you. So maybe you hmm. haven't adapted. You're right. Like, that was a very to, self-centered way of looking yeah, at it. Yeah, that was I very anthropos- anthropocentric. Yeah, yeah. I, really, I, I really, I made the the totally unfair assumption that the great blue heron wanted some of this jelly no i think the great blue heron probably looked fantastic to people who are into great blue herons or or birds or other birds or other who are birds. into birds or of the same me, species because i'm into great blue okay herons. that's fair like okay. I, I didn't mean to to bird shame you okay thank um, you but then the heron like it it took off oh, and isn't flew that the most dramatic over thing? the art museum, and it was crazy. Like they seemed too big to fly. Matthew, when I They're definitely was, too big to fail. When I was um, on a writing retreat this past summer, trying to finish my book, I was out by myself mm-hmm. at this house on Whidbey Island. That book for 10 is available days. for pre-order now. It it's is. called The Thick Stars. Yeah. It's by Molly Weisenberg. I have read it. It is excellent. You should go if you like this Matthew show. Matthew has read it like four times. I've read it many times in many versions, and you. You should pre-order it from your favorite bookstore or website right now. Seriously, uh, hold on. Can can we just say as authors, like how ridiculously, stupidly important pre-orders have become? It's really crazy how yeah. the publishing industry has changed. Like the the success of a book hinges upon how many pre-orders it gets. So do it. I mean, you're already a fan of host Molly, and that that's the same Molly that wrote this book. It's also the same Molly that was about to tell 
you, listener, yeah. that so as I was finishing this book, I was staying out at this this acquaintance's house and she had asked me to water her plants. Mm-hmm. And so every morning I would go out and I would water her plants. And there was a great blue heron who clearly w- was like flying back and forth over the house on a regular basis, going between the water and the, the forest. More mornings than not, he would fly directly over me as I was out there watering the plants. And I felt so spiritually connected to the universe. It it gave me so much peace. That's amazing. And I totally understand now why you married a great blue heron and that's your new (laughs) spouse. If a great blue heron poops on you. It's good luck for sure. But it's got to be like a lot, right? I no, mean, I don't know. I They're mean, very I big. It's probably yeah. It's probably more than like a songbird. I don't. I, all right, oh, this was our okay, spouse this, eating this too. Was our, wow, God, I'm really sorry. Our listeners okay. have turned off the show by now because they're like, we don't, we <laughs> don't want to hear about Molly's right. spiritual and sexual experiences <laughs> with is, birds, with, with a bird, and and a lot about bird poop and um, words. How how words are different from other words. Uh, okay. Let's hear from some listeners. Listener Emily wrote, pretty much just adding extra, extra butter to anything and everything. I get a lot of butter shade from my spouse when cooking for him and the family. But when I'm solo, I really like to live my best life covered in guilt-free butter. Yes, Emily. Yes. Yes. Um, oh, I didn't write it down, but uh, listener listener Caroline uh, weighed in to say that uh, her boyfriend hates peanut butter so much that uh, she can only eat it when he's not in the room. Wow. That's, that's, that seems intense. like a, yeah, but it, it it is a strong smell. Yeah, okay. I love peanut butter. I love peanut butter too. Okay, you should read some of these. Too. Okay, so, so listener Casey says that she makes dishes with things that he doesn't like. That would be mushrooms, olives, nuts, or zero effort things that he doesn't consider quote unquote meals, like a cheese and cracker plate. I am right there with you. Oh my gosh, I love like bread and cheese and like I don't know I would even eat like bread and cheese and carrot sticks for dinner yeah see that that is a difference between me and my spouse because uh wife of the show Lori will definitely could definitely go for that sort of thing and I love cheese and crackers but it it doesn't feel like a meal to me Mm. like I have to have something else like like a 27 ounce porterhouse steak (laughs) great all right. Listener Deanne says, boxed mac and cheese with lots of peas, since my partner won't eat the boxed mac and does not share my enthusiasm for more peas than necessary. More peas than necessary. Gosh, I, you know, I wonder what their discussions are like when they walk in the park. Like, how many wh- peas how are necessary? How many peas are necessary? Like 25? Mm, per spoonful? Mm, maybe. Uh, per, per portion? Okay. Holly says, I always make spaghetti carbonara when the boys are gone! Exclamation point. It's my fave. And Sounds they like you're sending a telegram. It. <laughs> and they, it's my fave and they hate it. Holly. Holly. I don't know who these boys are. We're going to assign you some new boys. Some carbonara boys. Carbonara boys. I believe that... I think that loving carbonara, for me at least, is a prerequisite of, of a potential spouse. Like a spaghetti carbonara, like it's it's one theory is that the name comes from like like the like a like a carb carbonara was not exactly that word, but like the charcoal maker, hmm. like it's the spaghetti in the style of the charcoal maker. We're gonna send you a boy who is a is a real Italian charcoal maker, and he makes three things: charcoal, spaghetti, and love. Wow. <laughs> So, okay. um, so uh, listener, <laughs> listener Holly, just send us your mailing address. <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Listener Colby says, once when I was married, my ex-husband was on a business trip for a week, so I made a week of Italian food so I wouldn't have to share. Cacio e Pepe. Oh, yes. Alla Matriciana. Grilled Neapolitan margarita pizza. It was the best, and I got it all to myself. Might be part of why I'm divorced. <laughs> oh, Colby, yes! <laughs> yes. Right there with you. You know, when I talk a little bit more in a minute about my own spouseless eating, Cacio e Pepe is right up there. Pasta seems to loom large here. Like, wife of the show, Lori, said one of her favorites is a big bowl of buttered egg noodles with salt and pepper, but oh, no Parmesan. God, yes, yes, no Parmesan. Yes, it's if she's key. doing if she's doing like a non-egg noodle pasta, then she, and she will do with Parmesan. Okay. 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 Gosh. Uh, Watzel, Lori. Watzel, Lori. That, that would be wife of the show, Lori, Lori. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go on. She, yeah, she, uh, we, we hyphenated our names. <laughs> I'm Matthew hyphen Matthew. And she's Lori Lori. <laughs> and okay. sometimes, sometimes uh, when we're walking through the park, we'll like swap names, like just half. <laughs> so, so she becomes Lori Matthew and you become Matthew Lori. I have a true story. When we first moved to Seattle, we could afford one internet account. And so we shared one email address. This was in the 90s. Wait a minute. You had to pay per email address? Yeah, like you signed up for a dial-up oh, internet like AOL. account, and it was like $20 a month, Okay, and you got one email address with it. <laughs> okay. So we, we had one email address, and it was loremath at blarg.net. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that, I think probably if you send an email to that address now, it'll bounce, but maybe someone inherited you know, it. This sounds like a... If, like, the Muppets made up an email address, <laughs> this sounds like what it would be. Can you email Lore Muppets? at blarg.com. Like, like, what if you send an email just like animal at themuppets.org? Okay. All right. Jen, listener Jen, says, always a peanut butter sandwich and wavy lays. I could live on that for the rest of my life. Me too, Jen. Nice. Listener Aaron says, Totino's party pizza. Ugh, it's so delicious. <laughs> or yes. that's like... Ugh. Ugh, it's so delicious. I do notice that listener Aaron called out Totino's party pizza, but not Celeste Pizza Celeste for One. Pizza for One? Yeah. I mean, the Totino par- Totino's party pizza like gets lodged in your teeth less than Celeste, I think. Celeste, one of the main features of it is its gummy stick yes. to your teethedness. Okay, listener Chris says, my beloved bachelor meal of chili dogs accompanied by baby carrots. That sounds great. Wow, I love this. Listener Lynn says, creamed lima beans, but I use edamame instead of lima beans. Mm. Cream, butter, onion, flakes, bay leaf, cloves, and nutmeg all simmered together and then poured over the edamame. It's my grandma's recipe and sheer comfort. Whoa, okay, yeah. hold up. Listener Lynn, I wonder if listener Lynn would be willing to share that like recipe yeah, that sounds really us. good. I mean, I think we could probably wing it. But I feel like the like the onion flakes, you want to get that just right, and the cloves too. I would love, listener Lynn. Might you be willing to share that recipe with us? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, we'll, in exchange, we'll send you one of those Italian boys. <laughs> okay. All right. Listener Eleanor says, wait a minute. What is this? See, see I, I, t- I figured it out yesterday and then okay. I forgot. I looked at it again and I said, what is this? And then I figured it out again. Okay. So, so wait, listener Eleanor says, I have KD and ketchup. Mm-hmm. Craft dinner. Oh, is that... Craft mac and cheese? Yes, what they call it in Canada, maybe other parts of the British Commonwealth also. Okay. So uh so listener Eleanor has craft dinner and ketchup. One friend has popcorn and beer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Another, popcorn. Another friend has lobster. And then Eleanor adds, Yes, we have talked about this. Who is this friend who has lobster? I've had lobster as a spouseless meal. 
Are you? I'm, I mean, are you I'm, I was going to say I'm not Eleanor's friend, but I'm not not Eleanor's friend. I mean, I, I definitely remember when I was single, and I, I remember the lobster age. Fairly new to Seattle, and and the the easy availability of really good fresh seafood was still very surprising to me then. And I I do remember there being like a, a special on Dungeness crab mm-hmm. at the grocery store, and I bought myself one Dungeness crab and went home and you know ate it by myself. Nice, yeah. Dungeness crab, Dungeness crab. I think. Really? Is it, is it a hard G? I've never heard that. Dungeness. Ever. <laughs> Okay. All right. I have no idea. Listeners, please. It's dungaree crab because it wears little pants. Oh, my God. It's so cute. Yes. A lot of people mention popcorn and popcorn rules. Like I never think to eat. I love eating popcorn like at the movie theater or whenever anybody puts a bowl of popcorn in front of me. I never think I never think I don't to make it. I don't make it at home that often. And I don't know why, because every time I do, I'm like, this is great. Like and we all and we demolish the bowl of popcorn and, and homemade popcorn is the best. Hold on. Uh, back to the lobster, though. Matthew, tell me about your your oh, solo so, lobster eating. Uh, wife of the show, Lori, is not a lobster fan. And I, I haven't cooked a lobster in a very long time. But when teenager of the show, Iris, was little and not a teenager, we, we made lobster rolls a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I think I think like when Lori was out, like I would I would get a lobster at uh, University Seafood and Poultry and bring it home and cook it up and make lobster rolls. And would you buy it? Would you buy it uh, like living? Yes. Okay, living. Wow. Yeah. I mean, live is what I meant. Um, <laughs> it was living its best life. And did you plunge it directly in boiling water, or did you like sort of anesthetize it by putting it in the freezer? I plunged it directly. Okay, that was what my parents did. The one uh, There was one time when I was a kid, and my dad had a business trip or a conference or something on the East Coast, and he came home with a cooler of live lobsters. How many? Mm, I don't know, maybe four of them. Okay. I mean, this was Oklahoma in the 80s. So this was like a real delicacy. You sure. could not get live lobster there. And I remember that he let them crawl around on the kitchen floor. And I was terrified that, by that it. That is exactly a, th- a thing that your dad <laughs> that would do. That a dad would do. Yeah. It's a total dad move. <laughs> yes. Did you let the lobster crawl around on the floor before you? Um, no, but I like pull, I pulled it out and like, you know, let it do brandish its, its claws. Do its little, um, d- you know, it kind of always reminds me of like playing the spoons. Yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> the sound of its little claws. Or like castanets. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Vicky. Yes. All right. Vicky, listener Vicky, has chopped liver on rye. Mm-hmm. Oh, this reminds me of eating like eating liverwurst. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, it's so. I don't so... know if I've ever had liverwurst. Really? I'm surprised you haven't. I, I don't, I mean, it's, I, I think that. It's not something I see all the time in the States. I had it once with a friend in, in Germany for breakfast, and it was okay. delicious. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I want to have it. Yeah. German breakfast. Mm-hmm. Listener Kristen says, my go-to is popcorn and wine, because why not? Yeah, wine came up a lot, too. Yeah. Okay, this is a listener Molly, not to be confused with host Molly. Mm-hmm. Listener Molly says, whatever it is, I eat it over the sink directly out of the container. Perfect. Yes. Yes. Listener Mark says frozen burritos and nasty mini microwave pizzas. Oh yeah. Yeah, I assume I assume listener Mark means like the uh the like the Red Baron singles type of pizza. Are those smaller than Celeste pizza for one? They're smaller but thicker. Okay. They're they're I think they're supposed to sort of resemble a pan pizza but they don't. Okay. Speaking of which, we have to do an episode on pan pizza. I've been going crazy for pan pizza lately. I would love to do an episode okay. on it. Okay, cool. 
Uh, Listener Rupa says, good topic. Thank you, Listener Rupa. I am single and my regular dinner is toast and tea. I do different spreads for my toast, PB&J, salted butter only or raspberry jam only. I love this. Yeah, this this. It conjures quite an image, right? Oh, I yeah. love this. I, I hope too. I hope that listener Rupa like reads a book while they're eating this. Doesn't yes. that just sound right? Uh-huh. I love it. Okay. And finally, I think uh, listener Kelsey, cheese and crackers. When my husband returns from a business trip, he always asks me how many wine and cheese dinners I had while he was gone to gauge how much I enjoyed his absence. Oh, I love these people. Oh, listener yes. Kelsey, have me over, please. Thank you to everyone who answered. Sorry we, we couldn't mention every single person's answer, but we got a lot of them, and we appreciate that. Yes, we do. Very, very much. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. So, Matthew, what's new in spouseless eating in our families? Yeah. Okay. So, so as I mentioned, last time we did this episode, uh, Iris was a baby. And now uh, when, uh, when wife of the show, Lori, is out, teenager of the show, Iris and I will probably eat something together that involves the three, the three main things that, we, that Iris and I love that, that uh, wife of the show, Lori, does not. And those things are lamb, shrimp, and tofu. I knew that Lori did not love shrimp. I remember that from spouseless eating one. But I didn't know about the, the tofu as well. Did you know about the lamb? I didn't know about the lamb. I know that Iris loves mapo tofu, right? And so, yeah, I just, I, it didn't occur to me that maybe that wouldn't be Lori's thing. Yep. So, so some things we'll make are uh, skillet pastizia with ground lamb, Mm. uh, like crisp breaded fried shrimp or stir fried shrimp, mapo tofu or uh, bear paw tofu. I I know we've mentioned before, did we do a tofu episode? We must Gosh, have. I don't remember it. But I think then again, we did. I don't remember anything we've ever done on this show. Bear paw tofu is uh, you take uh, like a firm tofu and you cut it into squares and uh, fry them. And then you stir fry the fried tofu squares in a spicy Szechuanese sauce, like uh, chili bean paste. And uh, and mm. like a little bit of soy sauce and uh, lots of lots of scallions and garlic. That sounds delicious. That sounds fantastic. I'm really impressed by... So the thing that I always notice about you is that you always have what seem like truly complete meals, even when it's just you eating. Not not always when it's just me eating. When when it's like me and my kid, I'll like go to... I'll make the effort to... Because, you know... We all know that that uh, if you miss one family meal with your kid, they're um, going to go down a dark path. Yes. And yep. So so I got to put in that irretrievable. Effort. I mean, or my kid already took up clarinet. That's a warning sign. <laughs> yeah. So like, your, what what's next? Your kid Oboe? is your kid is already sewing their own Halloween costume. Things exactly. are really messed up that's, for your kid. That is Halloween. That's a touch of evil. Actually, so I should I should add that. Um, so Ash and I came over recently to help teenager of the show Iris with their Halloween costume and Matthew had made mapu tofu and we sat and ate it with you guys and wife of the show Lori was not home. There you go. Yeah. Wow. So we had a spouseless eating art moment. Art imitates life. Right? No, life imitates art. This show is art. 
Oh, what what is that, Matthew? It's our it's our Stouffer's French bread pizza, like so, like we had last time. So when we did this episode eight years ago, and I listened to it again yesterday, I was reminded that what we had was Stouffer's French bread pizza. We ate it while we were recording the episode. Because Matthew, at least at that time, often ate Stouffer's French bread pizza when he was spouseless. What about when you are spouseless but childed? <laughs> Childful. Wait, isn't that what we were just talking about? Well, but do you ever do? Well, I know, but you didn't list Stouffer's French bread pizza in things that you and Iris eat together. So, so like for a lunch. Okay, so so if I'm if I'm having lunch alone, like lately my go-to thing is Trader Joe's frozen Indian meals. Okay. And particularly the fiery chicken curry, which which teenager the show Iris also takes in their thermos often. Nice. Uh and the lamb vindaloo is really good. The chana masala is very good. And are these microwave or are these They're oven? microwave. Okay. I've never thought to buy like a microwave meal from Trader Joe's. Oh, the the I've... Trader Joe's frozen Indian food is really good. Cool. Okay. Well, I the, actually the fish have to... curry is good. They're 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 all quite tasty. I have to go to Trader Joe's today, actually. So maybe I'll pick some up. Um, but like for lunch, like lunch, solo lunch and family lunch, like I usually either leftovers or like mac and cheese or hot dogs or something like that. And if you're doing mac and cheese, is it box mac and cheese? Yeah. And and you know what? Okay. Here's here's my. Uh, should this be an embarrassing admission? I don't think so. Like, I, we recently switched back from the Annie's mac and cheese to Kraft because I like the Kraft better. Yeah, okay. So uh, so we always have Annie's mac and cheese in our pantry. Ash makes it more often than I do. Ash and June will eat it often when it's just the two of them. Um, although I like it too. But I do think... So I do think that it's got this chalky quality to it yeah. that Kraft doesn't. Right. The only thing about the Kraft is like it says, I don't know how many minutes it says to boil it on the box, but you have to subtract like three and a half minutes from that. Really? If you don't want it to be like mush. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Um, but uh, I will, usually I will I will roast a poblano chili and throw that into the mac and cheese, but I don't usually do that by myself. It feels like too much work. Do you remember, we did a mac and cheese episode, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think and we, did, we did a failed one and then we did it again. And you bought something, you bought um, a, a box of mac and cheese that was, that had like green chilies. Right. And, and it that was, was quite good. It was good. pretty good. I haven't bought it since. What what brand was it again? I think it was Velveeta. Okay. All right. How about, how about my spouse? That eating? was weird. I just burped and the burp tasted like Sofer's French bread pizza. Pizza, but I haven't yeah. actually eaten any yet. So I think maybe I ate a ghost of a pizza. Wow. I think I'd had some pizza last night. Anyway, okay. So the last time we did this show, I had no child. and I, Right. And I was married to Brandon. Uh, back then, I what I said was that I liked to do things like roast whatever vegetables were in the house and put like a fried egg on top. Mm -hmm. And I talked about how I would pour myself a glass of wine and that I would only pour myself one glass of wine because I usually had like some work to do in the evening and I was a real lightweight. And then apparently I would like leave the rest of the bottle on the counter and like not revisit it. And eventually it would just like turn to vinegar. Yeah, you were. <laughs> this is not my problem <laughs> were you, anymore. Were you like, like 29 when we started the show? Yeah. And I was. 31, something well, like that. When, actually, when I said that, I would have been uh, like 33. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then, then, then there's no excuse. There's that's, no that's excuse. That's a thing you can do in your 20s. I think that, so my tolerance has finally improved. <laughs> okay. Um, my tolerance has finally improved. I, I am more like s solidly a one to two glasses of wine kind of person. 
And I don't even know. So the it's last... gone up from one to one to two. Yeah. Okay, great. I, I feel like somehow, you know, whenever you go to the doctor and they ask you to fill out a form that says like how many, how many alcoholic sure. beverages you have each week. If I actually circled two glasses of wine per day, th- they count that as like heavy drinking at the oh, doctor's yeah. office. I, I, I have and that like... makes me feel really bad about myself. And sure. so I have a very hard time admitting that, yes, I usually do have two glasses of wine in an evening. That that seems fine. Anyway, um, I always my, my I always circle like like the one to two per week, and then yeah. I always f- figure they'll think I'm lying, but You're I'm not. not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, uh, my spouseless eating has changed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So now I have a child. I'm no longer married to Brandon, and I'm actually soon to marry my partner Ash. Okay, so by the time people hear this, will you be married yet? I won't. Not quite. Yet. No, I won't okay. be married yet. Anyway, when- but it sounds like the biggest difference is you're drinking more wine. I do think I am drinking more wine. I okay. I don't somehow I feel bad about this. Like I really I think that like no I don't want to make this serious. I was going to say that I recently read an article about like um like there being a lot of cultural memes sort of glorifying drinking among parents. Sure. And it it makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I would say that my life is more stressful than it was then and I I do accordingly find myself like drinking a glass of wine more. Yeah, I hear you. I think on the last episode, I recommended that you check out boxed wine. And I do keep a box of red and a box of white in the fridge at all times, mostly for cooking. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine for cooking. And actually, there are a lot of really tasty boxed wines out there these days. The like wine formats have exploded. Yeah. Like you can get exploding wine. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. So Ash is... In many ways, Ash is a very game eater, but Ash, I would say, is um, a bit on the picky side. Ash does not like fruit, Mm -hmm. almost any kind of fruit. You've mentioned this. Anyway, so when Ash isn't around, June and I, well, June and I do this anyway, and Ash just doesn't eat any, but June and I really love to bake, and I love to bake fruit desserts. Okay. So um, I, I find that that's something June and I will do together, like when Ash isn't home yet or whatever. But uh, but basically, June and I eat a lot of beans and greens, which is what we call like mm-hmm. braised escarole or chard with usually chickpeas. For some reason, this is like June's favorite meal. I do not understand. Sure. Anyway, we do a lot of that also because it's very cheap. When no one else is around, when it's just me, I have a real love for um, white sandwich bread, untoasted, right? like a thick slice of white sandwich bread spread with like Jif natural peanut butter. This is one of Wife of the Show Lori's favorites too. It's quite sweet, you know? I mean like untoasted grocery store white bread is quite sweet and spongy. And I love like the texture and the sweetness and the saltiness of that with like commercial peanut butter on it. I I love the same, but I gotta go go toasted. You gotta go toasted? Other than that, I love it exactly. It's a different thing toasted. I I also love it toasted. But it's it's different. Yeah. So I will I like, eat. So, I was, I was going to say I would eat like two slices of that with like some carrot sticks sure. for dinner, and like that is so delicious. I I feel like I get I I go through phases of like which is my favorite white sandwich bread mm-hmm. to buy because like for for a while we were both really into Fran's butter white, yep. and then I think they discontinued it. And uh, then there was one that was kind of like it. And then I got onto Fran's home style of white. And lately, wow, I just, just, it I just hit f- me how boring this is. This is so boring. Uh, <laughs> no, but lately I have the Fran's naked white, mm-hmm. which is also what I am when I'm wearing no clothes. Exactly. I've seen it. It's true. <laughs> 
And listeners who have not, was that a bonus episode? It was for a bonus episode, but you know, we, we've, when we've we like went to the talked beach about together. it endlessly. Pretty so much believe everybody, me, everybody feels like knows. they've been there. Um, I, the one I've been getting lately is the, is the private selection potato bread. Quite tasty. Nice. Okay, great. All right. Uh, anyway, so white bread with peanut butter, uh, toasted or not, and carrot sticks. I also am a huge leftovers fan. Mm-hmm. I love leftovers. So I will, the first thing I would always choose is whatever is leftover. Yeah, me too. As long as it's something that can that I can heat up. Like I know a lot of people like uh, like cold leftovers yeah, and I, I do not. I, I don't like cold leftovers. Um, you know, so back to that writing retreat I went on to Whidbey. So I, okay. was, I was by myself. And I went to this house a couple of different on a couple of different stays earlier this year. I found on my first day that I just did not want to cook. Like I was working really hard and I did not want to be cooking. No surprise there. So on my next stay, I like nailed the food that I took with me. Okay, let's All right. hear it. Here's the deal. So I made cacio e pepe. Shout out to who was that? The listener who makes Italian food and is now divorced. Shout out to listener Colby. Yep. Um, Italian food does not lead to divorce, just for the record. Um, anyway, uh, anyway, so I would make cacio e pepe like on my first day out there and I could, it would get me through four to five meals, one yeah, batch of cacio, cacio e pepe. And like that type of like cheese and pasta water based Roman pasta reheats so well. It gets right? a little more oily when oh, it yeah. reheats, but I just, I don't care. Like it's still delicious. Uh, my favorite cacio e pepe recipe at the moment is Jessica Badalana's recipe mm-hmm. from her wonderful book Repertoire. So I would make a batch of that. That would usually get me through four meals. And then I was there in the summer. So I did a lot of tomatoes and mozzarella. By the way, I read that book, uh, Repertoire, which is a great cookbook, and uh, I noticed you were mentioned in one of the head notes, and I'm like, okay, now I see how this works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you want to get me to mention your book, <laughs> mention me in your head notes. No, um, I was actually, I didn't know until I opened up that book. Oh, that's right. Anyway, it was a fun surprise. In the summer, I think that a great solo meal is just tomatoes and mozzarella, so easy, and whatever bread is around. By the way, I appear in Molly's new book, The Thick Stars, which you can pre-order now. I, I appear as a character known for giving bad advice. No, you gave good advice. <laughs> but also bad. I also conflated you with my therapist yeah, that in was the great. book. Right. With the point where I, the part where I gave good advice, you you gave me you gave me a different name. Yeah, I did. I gave you a different name. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's a disclaimer at the beginning of the book that tells readers that yes, mm-hmm. this this is a memoir, but there I have like conflated some characters intentionally. Mm-hmm. Certain people are anonymous. Certain people are given. But words. you know what you did. You know what you did. Anyway, the other thing is I love jalapeno flavored potato chips. Yes. I love jalapeno flavored anything. I particularly love jalapeno kettle chips, though as we have discussed, there are so few per bag Mm -hmm. of kettle chips. Anyway, I love jalapeno kettle chips and either a glass of white wine or like I had it with a Manhattan once. I made myself oh, a that Manhattan. Sounds great. And like jalapeno potato chips in a Manhattan as like the beginning of a solo meal. I was the beginning. Li- I thought that was going to be the whole thing. I was living my best life. I think after that, I had leftover ketchup. Pepe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't so much roast vegetables and put an egg on top anymore. That gets two pans dirty, and I just can't. Right. I can't deal with that. Yeah, I, I I need to like up my fried egg game because I, I I'm good at making fried eggs, but I need to put them on more things. Mm. Like you know, like yeah. 
Here's another thing I observe about the differences between our spousal seating. Mm-hmm. When I am spouseless, I am almost always vegetarian. Interesting. And I think it's because when I cook meat, I would be curious to see if any listeners have this happen too. When I cook meat, I'm not at all grossed out by it. Very comfortable handling it. However, by the time I have cooked it, I'm over it and I don't want to eat it. Interesting. No matter what it is, like even even something like super fast and easy, like a flank steak. By the time it's cooked, I'm kind of like, eh, whatever, I don't care. I will sometimes, if we if we made like a mapo dofu and there's some leftover ground beef in the fridge, I will sometimes make myself like a little like like smashed patty burger for lunch. That is a real treat. That sounds fantastic, yeah. and I would never think to do that. I, I it only occurred to me sometime fairly recently, mm-hmm. and uh, like I don't do it very often, but when I do, it's very satisfying. Do you put a slice of American cheese on yes. top? Yes. Oh God, yes. Okay. Wow, Matthew, I feel that we have only become more ourselves over time. Yeah, that's really true. And if you want to find a lot more about Molly's self, you should pre-order the book. <laughs> Matthew, stop it. <laughs> I'm serious. You're right. At, at some point, I'm going to like go too far and people will like, cancel their pre-orders. Mm-hmm. But but I'm really serious. It's a great book and it's coming out soon and you should all read it. Thank you, Matthew. I'm really enjoying the Stouffer's French bread pizza. Yeah, it's really way. good, huh? Um. Anyway, Matthew, I've been thinking about who else you should marry. Oh, okay. Oh, great. I still haven't figured it out. Okay, because but I've been here's, thinking. Here's a, like like, and this person might be already married, but but like it's it's okay. Like things things change. Because because a while ago we had a conversation. I think it was on this show about celebrity crushes, and like I c- could not come up with a celebrity crush. And then like we we like worked together on it and decided that my celebrity celebrity crush was Nigella Lawson. Yeah, so, that was a long time ago. Right. So, but anyway, that that that's who who I'll marry. Okay, great, great. Okay, um, who was my celebrity crush? I don't know. It was like old Paul Newman, not no. old young Paul Newman. Um, I do remember talking once about one of those old photos of Paul Newman, mm-hmm. but you know who I have always like really had a thing for Joaquin Phoenix, circa Walk the Line. Okay, Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash mm-hmm. is like so right up my alley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah, who who else is my celebrity crush on lately? Have you ever watched uh, Terrace House? No. One of the one of the commentators on on Terrace House, I'm, I'm super into. Okay, cool. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any. If, I bet a lot of our listeners have watched Terrace House. I'm trying to think if there are any female or non-binary celebrities who I'm into. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard me mention any? Mm, not that I've recently. Yeah, I'll have to think about it. Well, as usual, this show is riveting. Our celebrity crush segment <laughs> is just packed with salacious observations. Huh. Let's see here. What do I think? Okay, I'll I'll take us out while you think about that, okay? Okay. Um so uh you can find us online at spilledmilkpodcast.com and facebook.com slash spilledmilkpodcast. Oh, we will post it's already on our Facebook page, obviously, but we'll post at spilledmilkpodcast.com a link to the Facebook thread where listeners were talking about what they eat spouselessly. Mm-hmm. Our producer is Abby Circatella. You can find us on Instagram at Spilled Milk Podcast. Please rate and review the show. Uh, and until next time, oh, thank you for I listening to Spilled else. Milk. I thought of somebody yep, else. Yeah, yeah. But nobody's going to know what this is. So there was this British movie. Yeah, that, whereas, whereas when I was talking about Terrace House, everyone was on board with that. There's this British movie called Weekend. And it is it it's a is sequel a, to the cement garden. It's a no, it's a um, it's a gay movie about two men who like spend a weekend together. And one of them, I think in the movie, his name is Russell. 
He's a British actor. I think he's straight in real life. Another, yet again, another movie where like straight people are, are playing gay people. Sure. It happens all the time. Anyway, but this guy is so beautiful. I wish I could remember his name. But if any of you out there know the one I'm talking about, this super tender, hot, beautiful gay movie weekend. The, okay. the bearded guy, the main character. Yeah. Great. Okay. I'm All the right, bearded everyone. main character of this show. Yes. All and right. Pretty tender. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Amster Bearden. <laughs> the actor's name is Tom Cullen, and he's a Welsh actor. Okay. So, anyway, yeah, check him out. Oh, he is really beautiful. Oh, you want to see him? Yes. Oh, here he is. Oh, yeah. This is not Mm -hmm. a great picture of him, but oh, my God. Especially watching him make out with another man. It's really, it's totally up my alley. I'm into it. Okay. (laughs) Bye.